You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you that said, I've had a very complicated relationship to exercise, erring on the side of compulsive behavior. But having discovered Peloton, and I've told the instructors this every time, I kind of always try to work in the body image angle anytime I interview anyone, even if it has nothing to do with the topic. And they've mercifully, very kindly, have given me very thoughtful answers around it. But I told Robin this, that to me, Peloton is very kind of a pioneer in the way that they are so careful and thoughtful and intentional about sidestepping all of that junk and diet culture talk. And that struck me pretty quickly. And so they don't equate like we're burning this many calories so you can eat a donut, which was rampant in all of the boutique fitness classes I had taken up to this point. And I've taken a lot given my histories. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 232. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Just a reminder, we're coming to Boston. We are? Yeah. Uh, I mean, assuming that our flight doesn't get canceled. Well, yes. (laughs) We are attempting to come to Boston. Whether or not uh, the airlines cooperate, we have no control over. But our goal is to be in Boston. So It is. And so what? We said the 27th? Yes, which is the Saturday. We're going to Fogo do Chow. Oh, was his name? Oh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I don't either. It's like a Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah. So, uh, because you will be so famished after Thanksgiving, but you got right. a day off, right? To right. recuperate, right. and then you come back and you go and and so if you want to come hang out with us, we would love to see you. If you want more details, go to the clip out page and or group, and there's an event there, and you can check it out. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to see you. Hope you're there. Yes. So uh, excited about this week's guest, Michelle. Michelle K. K. Michelle K. K. <laughs> uh, I think that's I don't that's not even about her initial. It's her name. Last name was so hard to say. Like she would pronounce it for people and they just go. K. 
K. <laughs> and then she's like, just Michelle K. <laughs> From Shape Magazine. So all the Shape Magazine articles that we've been seeing lately are 99% of them because somebody snuck one past her last week. Right. There were fisticuffs in the break room. But um, <laughs> I keep telling you, she's a freelance writer. There's no break room moment. In the freelance clubhouse. <laughs> They're in there fighting. There was fisticuffs. Whenever I posted on my story, I had a picture of yes. kitties <laughs> fighting. <laughs> but uh, but she's been writing the lion's share of them until there was apparently some skullduggery. And uh, and she one snuck by her. I guess everybody needs a day off. That's so. right. But uh, she's our interview this week. So we'll talk to her about yeah. everything that goes into writing one of those, how she found Peloton, all that stuff. Exactly. We also have a visit from Dr. Jen. And you didn't, put in, you didn't put in the thing here. I sang you the notes and then you didn't put it in what the title was. This week. What's up with that? I added it to the show notes, but when I cut and pasted it over, I don't know. Uh oh. It, it went it it didn't make the cut. Well I honestly can't remember. Sabotaging self sabotaging oh. your stuff with other stuff. Yeah, like you are working out all the time and then you self sabotage with by, the food. By eating tons of fun stuff. Oh yeah. So good. Oh the fun stuff. Yeah. We're gonna talk about all of the things going on with the instructors. There's so much again. So much. Including one of our instructors is in a movie. One of our instructors is creating brand new jeans. One of our instructors is writing books. So y'all need to listen to what is going on with everyone. That's right, y'all. <laughs> and then we had a visit from Angelo at MetPro, and he talked about some stuff too. He's talking about transitioning from intermittent fasting to quote-unquote regular eating. So he yes. helps a listener uh, make that move. A very specific little plan yes. that he gave too. Also, Peloton has a major new deal with Spotify. We have a visit from the Peloton Profit Ooh. with some new information and a ton of other Peloton news, including a lawsuit update. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that, uh, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and rate, review, and follow us so you never miss an episode. We have a new review. Oh, let's hear it. This is from Amy MSMA. Okay. And she says... I feel like that's a degree. I don't know. It sounds like it, but I don't know. Okay. This Peloton podcast is something I look forward to each week. I love the way Crystal and Tom interact, all of the Peloton news they share, their guest interviews, and their genuine enthusiasm for all things Peloton. Oh, Highly recommend. You. So thank you very much for that. And you can also find us on the Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page, join the group. It's where uh, you'll find all sorts of things throughout the week so you don't fall behind. Information when we maybe we'll be in your town. We do like to travel, so yeah. you never know. You never know. And you can subscribe to our newsletter at theclipout.com where you'll get all the links and everything like that sent directly to your inbox, mostly weekly. <laughs> and I've been on a tear lately. I'm you have. Good. You have. So we also, if listening isn't enough, to fill your Peloton hole, you can uh, watch these episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash the clip out. So there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Run, lift and live with John Mills. So joining us once again is John Mills from Run, Lift and Live. Hey, John, how's it going? It's going great, I guess. <laughs> You had to really force that one. Yeah. Depends on how many yeah. shares of Peloton you have. 
<laughs> well, let's just say there's no more BCAAs in here. It's just water. It's just water. <laughs> it's just water. It's tap water. <laughs> As if that's not bad enough. It's, it's tap. It's just tap water. Tap water. Ooh. So uh, I guess let's dig into this earnings call. It uh, is what uh, stock analysts, not to get jargony, would refer to as ugly. <laughs> yeah yeah it is so um i just have to give a quick update just so everybody has a little context in case you haven't seen this news right. yet uh we we ended the day for peloton uh at 8606 that was when the markets closed and then peloton posted their earnings and uh we are now sitting at 6106 so it, it just went down a little just a little a, bit just a smidge <laughs> Yeah, if 30% is a little, then I, I guess it's a little. I heard at my desk at work, I heard crashing. Like that, like it hit. And I, I was like, what happened? I had to grab my phone. <laughs> oh, my bad. goodness. So, after it was down 4% during the day. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It's so bad, John Foley has now been downgraded to gazillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you know, in all seriousness, <laughs> yeah, totally. Sean sounded sad on the call. He sounded not mm-hmm. himself. He yeah. sounded Yeah, very... it's gotta be a gut punch. Oh, for you sure. Know, for sure. Yeah. You and know. you know they've been like they knew this was gonna happen. It's not like it's not like they didn't prepare the report. So they've been mentally preparing for it, but oof. Yeah, it's like Ow. getting called into the principal's office. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or you got a D on a paper and they send a note home to your parents and you know the whole walk home and yes. then you gotta wait for your mom to get home from work i might be projecting <laughs> <laughs> all right but i mean jill woodworth still is jill i mean I she's mean, just yeah, delivering she the did. information she's... and she's like it's the same i mean she gave I mean, the I, same I, same tone you're absolutely but, right she, same but, tone she yeah. always gives but whoo right 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 and then i guess i mean i guess they met their their revenue numbers. That's the I thing. Guess. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> it really wasn't as bad as it sounds. Like, okay, so I'm reading. I'm reading your note because you summarized it very well on the run, lift, and live. Because uh, I read the shareholder letter and it was just like blah 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 blah. You know, that's what I heard. <laughs> but you said quarter one losses were more than expected. They were a dollar seven per share. That was what was anticipated. But it came out at a dollar twenty five per share as a loss. And the yeah. guidance for the whole year downshifted. Now this this does hurt one billion dollars less than expected. This is a <laughs> well, little bit a lot less. in here. I'm kind of pulling to get the positive out of the revenue. They hit the revenue. Now I'm pulling to get that. But they but, did. I mean, they hit it a by lot of, a lot. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the challenge in it all is hardware margins were less. Expenses were were less than they anticipated around logistics and. Wait, do you mean more uh, sounds, that, that the expenses were more than they anticipated? We're, we're, I'm sorry, we're more than they had anticipated. And I think also that it was clear that there were some things that they were anticipating around what was going to happen with consumer spending and what was going to happen with the drop in the, the bike price that didn't materialize. Yeah. Right. And so because of that, along with now, because of that, a revised guidance for, for, the, for fiscal uh, 2022 of course, you know, I think the markets were going to react. I mean, the, the previous guidance for a full year 2022 was like 5.4 billion and they've revised that now to 4.4 to 4.8 billion. And that's where I was mentioning in my article that I mean, that's a billion dollar shift. I mean, that that's 
pretty significant. And even as you're listening to them on the earnings call, like they're, you can hear it that they're clearly kind of articulating that, yeah, we didn't anticipate this or we didn't anticipate that. And, you know, we're having to reconsider these things because of these. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I get why, why there's a reaction. Oh, it's, for sure. It, it wasn't good. It's you know, not good. you know, sometimes in all seriousness, sometimes I'm like, what, what, what are they freaking out about? But no, <laughs> I get it. I do. I do get it. I do. I do think that it's probably not as bad as it looks on paper. Like I'm I, I just feel like they're still making money. Like, it's not like they right. just, it's, it's not, right. it's not like right. Peloton just shut their doors. I mean, this is a pretty right. extreme reaction and it'll, <laughs> it'll, I think it will adjust in the next couple of days and go back up a little bit, but I still, I do get it. Like it, it's different right, than, right. than other times when I've been like, what, what just happened? Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think it's just very clear that this isn't the pandemic year no. and it's adjusting out of that. Like it's just very clear now where there's the, there may have been arguments prior that right. what the true effect of that was going to be. Now you see it like yeah. it's like really clear. And so <laughs> I think that is that that is impacting this. Also, usage. Right. Yeah. The last, right. They, they reported that now the average um, average usage is like 16 and a half. Yes. Workouts per month. Right. I mean, last time usage was that low was back in 2019. So, yeah. I mean, you got to think about that. It's like, oh, oh, I mean, so, you know, I, I kind of get it. It wasn't it wasn't all that gravy. It wasn't all good. <laughs> but when um, they compared but, it, when they compared it to 2020, it's still like crazy growth over 2020. Right. And it's still yeah. a 14% mm-hmm. increase in revenue over last year. Like, I, I, don't right. get me wrong. Yeah. I get it that the guidance wasn't what they thought it would. And it, it is a big difference. But like, yeah. when you step back for a second, 14% growth ain't too shabby, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, they're making, they're, 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 they're still on, they're still saying that we're still on track to be profitable end of fiscal 2022. So they're still saying those things. But but also in that, what I found interesting in listening was that they started talking about streamlining teams, slowing down showroom, you know, development, like as if, yeah, they're they're just not going to be spending in the same way. Like like things are going to start restructuring and how they're spending money. So, okay, so that also here's the thing. Um, I Okay, so yesterday, we're going to talk about this article in a minute. I'm not going to get into this article now. We're going to circle back around. But yesterday, okay. it's what it's what prompted this conversation. So I'm just giving context. Yesterday, yeah. I posted an article about um, salaries of black people at Peloton and how yeah. there was a big uproar. Okay. And mm-hmm. so the, the article went up and I immediately was inundated with messages. And some of the messages that I got made it clear that there has been changes made already. Uh, And those changes are to uh, the retail showrooms. Apparently, they're... um, Yeah, like not changes in relation to this article. No, (laughs) no, no. It it had nothing to do with the article. It's it's the reaction that was sent to me was in reaction to me posting the article. But apparently, they have already cut the salaries of retail people and it was expected to have a certain amount of commission and uh they came back just before november so this is this happened at the end of october and they cut commission and it was dramatic and it's gonna affect people because you know the showroom people don't make a ton of commission during the summer because that's not when peloton makes the sales so people kind of like 
skated through with the anticipation for Christmas time. You win sales spike. And now they cut these commissions just before the biggest time of the year. So, ouch. And so when they say they have levers to pull and they say they are going to change their spending, they are not messing around like they've already done it. It's happening. It's happening in the background. So that was clear. I mean, well, I I, she just well, Jill Woodworth talked to it. But, yeah, it was clear to me that something was going to happen. I didn't know something was already happening, but it was clear to me something was about to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like... It's not a good look. It's not a good look, and it kind of sends... And I, I, But I think, you know, you can kind of see the preamble to that being when they took... You know, they started to limit referrals. Mm-hmm. And, and I right. think they're starting right. to take the tact of... We're the one selling the bike. You're the one right. taking the order. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those salespeople, it's not right. like a car where you got to go out there and hustle. Like, they're, I mean, not that Ford and whatever doesn't advertise, yeah. but I think, I think Peloton's looking at it and going, you know what? The bike sells itself at this point. And why are we paying you so much commission when we've done the heavy lifting to convince people they want this? By the time they walk in, the sale's been made. And, and But not uh, so for the tread. Now, maybe that yeah. is true for the bike, but the tread, they are still in the cycle where they need to be educating people. And so yeah. may, maybe they need to consider having a two-tier right. commission structure. You make then. one price selling a tread, yeah. and you make another commission selling, selling a bike. And then if you do both, you get a day off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, I mean, I, I, I it does kind of feel like they're they're just saying that like, well, it's not really hard to sell one, so why should we pay you as much? Right. Well, and and that was my initial impression, but after hearing today, I I don't know that that's the message. I think the message is we got to correct, and we got to correct right now. And I, and yeah. and because they talked about other things they're going to be doing, and and so I don't. I think that there's going to. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more. I think there's yeah. a lot more to come. I think so too. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I also heard something. I wasn't clear on what Jill Woodworth was talking about. Okay. Be honest, I had like two I had things to step happening. away and listen to something else. Yeah. And I heard Jill mention Apple. Yeah. And I think she was referencing Apple as it relates to their impact. It, to Peloton and Peloton Digital. So I heard, but, okay, there were two times Apple got mentioned. The first time it was mentioned was in her like general speech that she was doing. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned it as that the data landscape has changed because Apple made that big change to how they let people access their data. And because of that, it has yeah. changed. It has changed their marketing uh, approach. Got it. That was number one. But the second time uh, it got mentioned was at the end during the Q&A. Somebody asked a Mm -hmm. question and they heard more what you heard, which is like Apple affecting, impacting Peloton. That is not what she said. But I think that they heard it that way. And that's where the question came from. So and I didn't listen to the answer. (laughs) I got distracted. I have to like go back and listen to that. But when I heard it referenced, I went, oh, maybe it was just relative to the data. So I hope that's all it was. That would be Good. I, I hope it was too. To I found it fascinating that before they changed the prices on the bike, it was 50 50 split. They revealed on the call today that after they lowered the price, and Tom, I think you will find this fascinating, that now the split is 75 25 on the old bike. So 75% of purchases are going toward the old bike, not the new bike. Yeah. Wow, that that is fascinating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that impacted their sales. You know, it's like, they're up to six million pr- subscribers now, right? I think that was the number, but yeah. but 6. like, 2, yeah, 
6.2 million and uh but but there's like people are buying at a lesser price point than they expected not right. that they're against that but just that's not what they expected sure but i will right. say this i think ultimately that's a good thing because what i read in that is that if they're selling disproportionately that many of the lesser bike right the original that means that they have more price sensitive consumers than they thought. Mm-hmm. And it means mm. that if they hadn't dropped the price of that bike, there's a good chance some of them wouldn't have entered the Peloton ecosystem. That is true. They, they might have drifted to that $900 echelon or that $1,200 <gasps> outfit, you know? And so this is <laughs> ultimate, ultimately, it, I think it's bringing those people, it's probably bringing in more people. Like I, I almost can't help but wonder if you were seeing 50, 50 before, and now it's, 75 25 does that mean does it really mean you're selling fewer bike pluses or does it mean that your percentage you're selling more of the bikes than you would have sold otherwise and i i kind of think that that's what it is that people that are on the fence and looking at a $1,200 bike now go, okay, for 200 bucks I get an actual Peloton and I can be on the thing that everybody talks about. And I don't have to be like, oh, well, I take my rides with Sally Like, not Allie Love. And, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, so I I think long term that might benefit them. Well, long-term. I agree with you. I think long term it might benefit them. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it was so far over this past quarter, only in that Jill Woodworth said that this generated lots of conversions from digital, mm-hmm. not necessarily more sales. So yeah. I, I don't know. What does that mean? Really How do you convert from digital but not buy a bike? What did you convert to? No, I think well, he's they saying... bought a bike, but they were already Peloton subscribers. They were only using digital. So, oh, so in other I words, see. they're already part of the ecosystem. Okay, but so like... it's it's right, not right. a it's not a new forty dollars a month. It's that the, uh, an existing forty dollars a month finally pulled the trigger and bought a bike. Well, it was an existing probably twelve no. ninety five a month. Okay, but but right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. But yes, but I think long term it'll be what you said. I think long term it'll there'll be people who aren't even in the ecosystem. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out whether or not they go and. Now they'll go the Peloton route because yeah. of dropping price because well, now if, they have this base. That, it, the yeah. other thing too is if you if you got somebody to upgrade from digital to a to a piece of hardware, then they're gonna be around for a while, yeah. right? Like if yeah. they already liked it enough that they were paying the twelve ninety five a month, and then they're like, okay, f it, you got me, I'm buying a like right. they're that's not gonna yeah. be a clothes hanger, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I right. don't think I don't think Peloton bikes come become clothes hangers the way people that don't know anything about it think that they do. But <laughs> right. but they're for sure not gonna it's not gonna happen to those people. On yeah. that note, I think right. I, I predict we are going to see a lot more push for badges now. I think we're going to see this major push for badges because they want to up our engagement rate. So I think you're going to see badges for everything in the next six months. I think they're going to hit it hard. I don't want to forget to hit on something else that I felt like was super important that I think could get buried. And that is that Precore had a lot to do with this. I didn't realize that I mean, I know pre-core is happening. Like, I know, I know we bought them. I know it's right. like well, we, we, like I'm part of Peloton. But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> you have a few shares. You, yeah. It counts. It counts. Yeah. 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 Uh, that works. <laughs> I mean, I know that, that that purchase went through and everything. And I know that it's been in progress for a while. But I guess I didn't really think about the fact that, like, 
all the times we're sitting here talking about like people aren't really going back to the gym. Well, that's affecting Peloton now. And I didn't think Uh about that. I didn't really think (laughs) about that. Like to me, they were two separate things, you know, and and they're not separate. And so they, they talked about the fact that like the, there's a lot of companies out there, gyms that they would normally be doing capital expenditure, but they're not right now because, because people aren't coming back to the gym as they expected. And those that are because of the shortages getting, getting, they just said certain components. So I don't know what those are, but those certain components, they actually have a shortfall. They are not able to make their orders. And so now there's we have logistics and we have uh, shortfalls with with pre-core and people aren't buying it as much as they thought. So at this moment, pre-core is weighing Peloton down. And I I do not mean that to like pick on them or anything like that or saying it was a bad investment. But I am saying when we look at the whole picture of Peloton, it's it's not just that, oh, not as many people bought a bike or a tread this year as we thought we're going to. We also need to look over at this other piece of it because that is that is right. an important piece. So, yeah, ultimately, I think, of course, I think pre pre-core is going to be an, an incredible asset for them. But yeah, as it relates to the space and the time we're in now and, and the challenges they have. Yeah, it's it's a part of the story. It is. It is. And long term, it's diversification. It's smart, but yeah. in the short smart. term. Yeah. The short term. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we should probably talk about this article that came out. It was in Business Insider. We're sharing it from something called Coin Tuta, which sounds like what <laughs> what happens when a dime farts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I was waiting for what you were going to do with that name. That was good. That was good. He hasn't been listening to our discussion at all. He's just been over there coming up with names. I've got fart jokes to tell, man. Like, but see, like fart jokes for me are like pre-core, right? Like normally I'm dick jokes, but it's about diversification. Yeah. Right, so, right, right. You got to diversify. Yeah. Right, right, right. I understand. I learned all this from watching Foley. <laughs> So I'm sure John would appreciate that. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Especially leading into this topic. I know. Right? Okay, we have to stop because yeah, this is a like, very this serious isn't a, topic. This isn't a funny topic. We're going so, to get yelled at for laughing yeah. during this. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, so um, the, the gist of the article is that black Peloton employees, especially I guess in the, in the IT area, are making less than their white counterparts. Yeah. And that well, is it, it, problematic. He said, well, at least that's what that's the perception based on what this article has gathered in interviewing some disgruntled employees. um, Right. and they're, just, and they're upset. So, like, I'm not saying they're lying or not telling the truth. But like when you're an employee for any company, how much like it's it's not like you have a salary of every single person in your role. And I know that they, they like, they used a Slack channel and they were comparing salaries pretty openly. So I don't mean that they base this off of nothing. They, they have real data, but, but is it inclusive? Is it, is it fair? Exhaustive. Yes. Is is it fair? I I don't know. And I, as a person who used to do payroll, I like, I struggle with like, I don't know how, how much we can show. I don't know how real this is. I'm worried. That's where I'm, I have two, parts of this one is that it's like this could be two people that you know are talking in a group of 200 you know a couple people think they heard and maybe you know kind of deal like i don't know so so i hesitate to go too far with it but the piece that that i do go "Hmm," is where it talks about lack of transparency 
around individuals and their their range, like where they can go from a salary perspective in their role. And so it felt like they didn't have a clear understanding of whether or not their their salary was competitive in the market Mm -hmm. and or whether whether or not they're in the middle of a range or at the higher end or at the lower end. Like they didn't seem to know a lot about that. I agree because what I heard was they're trying to be fair from the perspective of they have like all these ranges and they're like grades. That's how I, t- I heard it. And that yeah. and that even within a grade, there could be quite a discrepancy between two people because you might live in two different cities. And right. that's real. That's not just a Peloton thing. That's a lot of companies. That's right. most right. companies because a, a salary in New York is going to be very different than a salary in St. Louis. I mean, that's right. just facts. Right. So mm-hmm. um, even if we're doing the exact same thing, but where I I agree with you and where it does seem fuzzy is right. Well, how far do they have to go to get to that next pay grade? And, and what should their raise be? What should they be looking for? Because one thing that concerned me was one person indicated that they got a 1.65% raise pay raise after being told they had done an amazing job all year. Now, right. That's concerning to me. My my thought right. there, not to make excuses, but but I wonder if because I I mean I've seen people run into this where I work because we have pay grades where government and they mm-hmm. do all that. But like mm-hmm. it, if you max out your range, oh. and they would you know they would issue cost right. of living raises and they're like oh this year everybody gets three percent, not you because you're maxed right out. Yeah, yeah. So we'll bring you right. up to the max, but. But it's one percent or whatever. But can we talk about these salaries? Because John, that was the shocking thing to me was that like like you work in IT, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so (laughs) so like these numbers look like they were about twenty years old. Yeah, like like, they yeah those look like numbers from back in nineteen ninety eight. That's shocking. Fifty thousand (laughs) dollars for an IT person in in New New York York City City? in (laughs) New York City. Yeah, so um. How do you live on that? Like, I mean, I, I feel would like be... we're about to do a commercial. I know. Yeah. New York City. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I that kind of shocked me, too, which is why I then started thinking, OK, if there is something to this. Plus, I've kind of been in this scenario before over my career where yeah. I, I found out that, like, everyone around me was <laughs> making more money. Than, sure. Like, I've I just happened too. to be in a scenario yeah. where uh-huh. everybody around me was Caucasian. So I'm yeah. like, what yeah. in the world is going on? So I've been there and then had to fight to figure it all out. Yeah. So I, I've been there. So that's where I, I, if there is any credibility to it, I thought, well, I guess Peloton should find some way to, to address it in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's based on the article, if that's what happened. Like it didn't, well, I didn't say, I didn't hear them really trying to address that they, component of it. They did say that they are doing an independent salary study. So that's okay, one. Okay. And, and two, that they, um, what was the other thing that they said that they were doing? They made a statement in response to this. And they said that, that these are hard questions and that they appreciate the questions and like they're not trying right. to shut anything down. Like they're like, right. talk about it. Let's let's get it out there. Which 
that's an important step because I've worked for places that, um, like you said, I've I, I've been the only female in a situation right. where I was the only one with an MBA, and yet everybody else right. is making twenty grand more than me. I'm right. like, what right. the right. f is happening here? <laughs> right, right, yeah. So like that, for, if that concern, just the idea of that concern, especially if you're a company that you're trying to establish yourself and you're pushing out. A value system. Like right. You're pushing it outward. Nobody's asking. You're pushing it out. That's Especially a very, that, yeah. that made me go, hmm. okay, yeah, you like how you structure this should be, you know, you probably should really think about that. It right? needs to be, but, yeah, um, and it might need to be different for <laughs> office workers versus people who are delivering things, you know, like that might yeah. need to look different. It might. Yeah. Yeah. But holistically, I'm not sure how to read it. It's like information we shouldn't even be seeing. Like, I don't know all the details of how it happened. I'm not sure how Business Insider got into the oh, middle well, of this whole thing. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, like, you do. Yeah, you know. On, you know. <laughs> They're literally inside Actually, of business, John. Know. They're <laughs> literally inside of business. Like, that's <laughs> It's right there That's in the why name. Their name. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I think that people, you know, who saw this happening reached out to Business Insider because yeah. because they can, because Peloton is a right. buzzword right now. So sure. it is very yeah. easy to get traction on yeah. anything to do That's with Peloton. True. And I'm not saying That's they're true. wrong too. Like I just want to be clear. I'm not picking on the people who have brought this up. I think it's Absolutely, because a- if this is first off, Black or white, $45,000, $50,000 a year in New York City. Right. Like, wh- in New York City? Yeah. I was like, they're not living in New York City. No. They're taking the subway in. They're commuting from. <laughs> they're drinking Kentucky. water like me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, that hurts. Water. It hurts to hear. <laughs> like, I couldn't live on that here. Yeah. Like, I. That would be rough. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's doable. I've done rough. it, but it's, it's would be rough. rough. But yeah, so but certainly there needs to be parity there yes. with a T. Yeah, just yes. to be clear. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. like, if that is accurate, then th- yeah, they're they're right to to push that out there. And I say, you know what? Right. Hat tip to people being willing to share their salaries on that Slack channel so other right. people because because that's part right. of how employers get away with stuff. That's how like they get this. the upper hand. And, yeah. You know, and so yeah. and nobody. It's weird to talk about. Money and, and it and, is. And, it's uncomfortable. Know. And I will also say, not that right. anyone asked my opinion, but but man, once you're in and you have the job, it's almost impossible to get what you want. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you got to negotiate mm-hmm. hard going in, and that is yeah. something that Peloton mm-hmm. has over all these people because we just talked about how 400 people are applying for right. each job. So so like right. it's the it place to be, and Peloton right. does not have to negotiate the way uh, you know somebody right. somebody up the street has to negotiate, and and so. Right. Yeah, that might just be you're getting paid in cool right now because yeah. you work at Peloton. I, and, I ran into this mm, in my life. A really mm, beautiful theater in St. Louis offered me a job about 10 years ago. And then I right. when I found out what they wanted to pay me, I was like, no, thank you. They were like, but it looks great on your resume. And I was like, bitch, I'm 40 years old. I don't want to get paid in cool. I, I want to get that. paid in cash. I was talking to a guy I when I said, cool bitch, anymore. just to be clear. But. But yeah, like I don't want to like I'll work in some place that's not cool that pays me like a grown up. How about that? Yeah. And yeah. but there you go. Right. Yeah. That works better for me. Right. Yeah. That but, works much better. But Peloton, you know, like if they if they are getting those that those number of applicants, I mean it really does kind of allow them to artificially deflate what they 
what they pay. I hope that's not happening. I hope that's not happening, too. And one, because it's not right. Two, it will do them a disservice in the long run because what will happen is people will come in and they will. They'll they'll get they'll put the cool thing on their resume and then they'll get the hell out of Dodge. But but John Foley made a statement at their company meeting. This was also in the article. Not like I was there. And he he said during that that statement that he made to the the company meeting that all positions across Peloton pay in 10 percent, the top 10 percent of their fields like they're yeah he said that in the article i saw that i read yeah. that in the article too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that. which i don't understand i, I, don't know how that when I see that number i yeah. think i well so i don't I know think, how that marries the 50k yeah so i think what the plan is is that all the people in it are going to get a raise with the money they took from the people that work in the show hey speaking of <laughs> speaking of you know what everybody's going to be making lots of purchases over the holiday so spread the word go do your purchases at the showroom those people need yeah. it and yeah. they make money off Absolutely. of it so so please everybody don't order online no don't go order right online to a showroom. that's right Go to That's a showroom, right. and if you need people, I have names. Call me, email me, <laughs> send me a message. I will get you names. So please, you know, get, get those. Yeah. Get that business in the showrooms. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah, don't don't do it. I mean, it's nice and convenient, but no. Find a showroom. Find a person there. Get them that commission. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, until next week, where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook in my page or group, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on Instagram, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on a tickety-talk, Run, Lift, and Live, right? (laughs) Or they can find me at runliftandlive.com. Awesome. Thank you. So if you're looking for something that the whole family can use from an exercise standpoint, Mm -hmm. might we point you towards a fight camp what a perfect gift for the fitness lover in your life because the holidays are coming up and it's of course the most stressful time of the year and this would be the perfect gift Absolutely. A fight camp brings the best workout in the world into your home and makes it fun. You can learn to box and kickbox from your home with access to world-class programming, elite trainers, premium equipment, and smart technology that turns your workout into an interactive experience. It is so cool to see the numbers on the punch trackers go up and like you have a baseline that you're trying to beat. So you automatically have that video game aspect that you're trying to beat something and it pushes you harder. They also have paths. So if you have no boxing experience, Fight Camp has your back. There's programs that are specifically designed to teach you the basics of boxing and kickboxing so you can build a strong foundation. And boxing requires focus. Precise combinations push you to think about every punch you throw and it's the ultimate way to clear your mind and forget you're even working out. Yep, and you can get the whole family involved. It's one of the only home workouts that's safe for kids to do because there's no heavy weights or spinning wheels. It's an amazing way to get their energy out, learn something new, and share an experience with the whole family. Now is the best time to get your fight camp. Take advantage of their holiday deal going on now. If you purchase this November, you'll get an additional pair of gloves for free. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash clip to get an additional pair of gloves for free all November. Go to joinfightcamp.com slash clip. That's joinfightcamp.com slash clip. Getting this psychological edge with Dr. Jen.
Joining us once again is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from VH1's Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen. Her long-running radio show, The Dr. Jen Show, she's written four best-selling books, including The Relationship (laughs) Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hello. Well, we have a a fun one that uh, I think you will, (laughs) I think might bring us back to intuitive eating. Uh, This is from Marta. (laughs) This is from Marta Wilcott. Uh, She says, self-sabotaging my awesome workout progress with bad food choices. Uh, Uh, She does the hardcore on the floor calendar. She just joined the fall power zone challenge. But even before she rides three to four times a week and strength trains five days a week, Then she's starving and makes bad food choices. Yes, she knows she should eat more protein and not keep crap food in her house. She knows it all. But if someone could just constantly slap the chocolate or popcorn out of her hands, that would be much better. (laughs) Oh, Marta, I just want to completely revamp your whole relationship with food. I don't take the popcorn. I don't want to take the chocolate. I don't want to take any of it. What I want to do is help you have a healthier relationship with food. And it sounds like you're under eating. It sounds like you're letting yourself get too hungry. And if you do that, you're going to ultimately overeat. It also sounds like you're depriving yourself too much of the foods that you love and that you haven't found a balance. And what we know that all the studies show is that the more you deprive yourself of foods, the more you're going to be out of control when you have them. So I actually would not want you to take those foods out of the house. I actually, part of my No More Diets app that's all about intuitive eating is about legalizing food. Because what we know is that when food is allowed in your house, when you can have as much of it as you want, that you tend to not overeat with it. And when I originally became an intuitive eater, and for those of your listeners who don't know my history... I was an elite level rhythmic gymnast for many years on the national team, performed exhibitions in the 84 Olympics. And my relationship with food was really fucked up. I was very eating disordered. And then after 10 years of that and trying everything and under eating and overeating and having my weight fluctuate by about 70 pounds, what I ended up doing was I came across intuitive eating and I had to learn to allow myself to eat all of these foods that I had thought of as quote unquote bad foods because I had this terrible, unhealthy diet mentality. And part of what I had to do was one by one, I did the whole legalizing food process. And what that looked like was there would be a food that I felt out of control about. I would bring it into the house and I would bring it in in quantities that were like four times the most I could possibly eat. And I remember the first food that I did that with was peanut butter because it was one of the first foods that I had told myself I couldn't eat. And so I had to bring in all of this peanut butter. And at the beginning, I found myself overeating. And then once I knew I could have as much peanut butter as I wanted, it lost its meaning and I wasn't needing to overeat with it. And that can be a very scary process, especially if you feel out of control with food. And there are a lot of dietitians and nutritionists around this country who are familiar with intuitive eating. I have an app called No More Diets that talks you through the whole process. And and I also know it can just sound very overwhelming for someone who's struggling the way you're struggling. And I totally get it because I've been there, done that. And I'm now at a point in my life where I have 
my favorite foods in the house and they go bad. I have, my favorite is ice cream. I'm an ice cream fanatic. I love anything that is non-dairy because I'm vegan, but that has like chunks of stuff in it. Like, <laughs> you know, Ben and Jerry's like with chunks of pretzels and, you know, donuts and cookies and whatever. <laughs> and I now have that stuff in the house and it gets freezer burned because I know I can have it anytime I want. And so I don't need to eat it all the time. And that's where we want to get you. We want to get you where you have a healthier relationship with food. And I think that, you know, at the very bare minimum, you want to stop under eating and you want to stop depriving yourself so much and and reintegrate some of your favorite foods into your life so that you don't have to binge on them and and that you don't have to feel so out of control. But I, I do think that you could use some help with someone who has some experience like a dietitian or nutritionist with the intuitive eating model. Definitely. Well, it sounds almost like beer when you're 20. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That it's like yeah. when you're 20 and somebody offers you a beer, it can be like a Tuesday night and you're like, I don't know when I'm going to get my next beer. I'm going to drink it. Where when you yeah. turn 21, now you just, you you know, you have a six pack of natural light that sits there for six weeks because it's like you can do it whenever you want. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. We, we tend to overdo what we feel a sense of scarcity with because yes. there's that sense of like, oh my God, I can't have it. I can't have it. Like I, I need to get as much in as possible now. Hmm. Awesome. Well, that's wonderful advice as always. And thank you for sharing it with us. And until next time, where can people find you? Um, on social media at Dr. Jen Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on man. And also in style magazine, hump day with Dr. Jen. I have a weekly column that is all sex and relationship advice. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Man, oh man, do you love your AG1? I really do. You do. It's a wonderful tasting drink. And it also makes me feel good. Like it's a great way to start the day. Uh, You know, I grew up, my dad always had things like tomato juice first thing in the morning. I feel like AG1 is my tomato juice. (laughs) (laughs) This generation's V8. Yes, I I do. Uh, But I love the way it makes me feel. It's like I get all of my vitamins and I'm ready for the day just with a drink. And like I said, it's a good tasting drink. And it can help replace your your multivitamin just by drinking an AG1 every day. Yes. And not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. It also has vitamin C and zinc to support my immune health. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year support of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash clipout. That's drinkag1.com slash clipout. Check it out. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? (laughs) Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, And they also come in like a million different colors and styles. 
for your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clip Out listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R dot com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30 30- day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Instructors in the news. So Day is writing a book. Well, it's written. It's written. I mean, I would hope. Yeah, because it's they gotta, going. They got to print it. <laughs> you can pre-order it now uh, on her website. It's uh, speaktoonday.com. Or you can go out to Amazon and pre-order it there. But it's going to be uh, May 22nd. It's coming out. And uh, the book is called Speak. And it's she has five key pillars that she's talking about. Surrender, power, empathy, authenticity, and knowledge. And I like how she says this. You might pick up this book because you've taken my class or follow me on social media. Maybe a friend will give it to you or you'll spot it unexpectedly in a bookstore and pick it up. No matter how we meet, I will do my best to give you a reason to move forward in whatever ways we can. The beauty of uncertainty, after all, is infinite possibility how amazing is that yeah and part of me is like surprised it's taking this long i mean i guess we robin had a book but that yeah. kind of predated peloton right it did. It so did. i'm surprised we haven't seen this yet but i'm sure we will only see more of it especially and tune day was one of them but a lot of the instructors have signed with like big public uh not publishing agent but pr firms pr firm so that's part of what they navigate and to show you the power of peloton the book is already Number one on Amazon. Isn't that amazing? Number one. I guess I should also say, and the power of Tune Day. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's not for nothing. She's out there like, well, I wrote the damn thing. (laughs) What's Peloton getting the credit for, Tom? I'm I'm super excited to read this. I can't wait. And I'm kind of hopeful that maybe I can somehow... Send her a copy and get it signed. Like I would just fangirl so hard. Just have her autograph your Kindle. Yeah. Can you just sign right here, Tune Day? <laughs> <laughs> Congrats to Tune Day, though. That is so cool. Absolutely. So exciting. People might have been wondering where Daniel McKenna has been. Yeah. So um, I guess it's been a, about a week and a half ago. He posted and he was like, well, I'm going to be gone for a while. And it was a week earlier than I expected, but it's all good. Don't worry. It's good. And even though he said, don't worry, it's good. (laughs) There were still people freaking out. Where is Daniel? Right. Why is he not on the schedule? Why was it so soon after he started? And and I just want to remind people that even though he just recently had his premiere run, he's actually been working for Peloton for at least six months. It takes a long time for them to get ramped up. So so soon really isn't that soon. Perceptually for the public, it seems like exactly he's just been there for a cup of coffee. Right. Right. An Irish cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm Irish, and, I can say that. Yeah, you can yeah. say that. But come to find out that he's been dealing with an ongoing ear problem for about 10 years. And he didn't. He had an operation at the New York Eye and Ear Clinic. Let's just call it that. Okay. And it's fixed now. So the operation was a success and now he needs to heal. So it's going to be a little bit longer before he's back, but he's doing great. And uh, that's all good news. And somebody brought up uh, in our group, because I posted about this in our group, of course, and somebody said, you know, I wonder if he waited so long to get it taken care of because this is the first time he's had really good medical insurance. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, if you're wondering how long it takes for your benefits to kick in at Peloton, now you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So either way, 
Congrats to getting that taken care of. And we are so glad that it's nothing serious and you will be back on the tread soon. We can't wait. I really enjoy his instruction. He's really good. Well, you do have a soft spot for Irish guys. I do. Vanity Fair is reporting that Emma Lovewell is now designing jeans. Yeah, there's a really cool partnership between Emma Lovewell and I believe it's called Cine. So they're a fashion company that's rooted in technology. So that's pretty cool. So now you get to go in and have your own jeans custom made. Like she has a whole line of jeans and you go in and you make some choices. Right. And the jeans will then be a custom made for Well, it you. sounds like we're doing all the work. What's Emma Lovewell doing? <laughs> well, I think she designed the line. Okay. I'm and, like, well, uh, I'm designing my own jeans. I don't know what she's getting credit for. She's bringing the entire style to you. You pick from the existing line. And so it's got that 90s kind of look to it. So it's got the washed, relaxed look. Right. And so she's bringing 90s to all of our houses. Awesome. Yeah. I love my 90s. <laughs> I know you do. I, love I my know. Nirvana and. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. Well, congrats to Emma. Very cool. So normally we've been doing this with John Mills, but we had him do the earnings call with us this week. And so we will have to tackle our Dancing with the Stars recap by ourselves. And only one of us watched it. (laughs) Guess. Guess which one? Yeah. So obviously it was me. Uh, I don't know that it's obvious. I think it's obvious. That's a little hurtful. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> well, uh, this Something week. Something can be accurate and hurtful. <laughs> so this week, they actually danced. Cheryl and Cody actually danced twice. The first time they danced, they kind of, they always do like an intro before they dance. Right. And this week, Cody had a dance from, it was Queen Week. So it was all songs from Queen. Right. And they danced to My Best Friend. And um, it wasn't the original, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) And uh, he talked about in his kind of confessional booth that they do that it reminded him of his best friend, Oscar. And I remember when this happened because I remember Maddie and Cody and Travis and like there's a whole group of them that are all friends in the Peloton world and they were all just heartbroken and unfortunately oscar you know it was a it was an overdose and and so cody talked about that but it was it was super sad to watch i can't even imagine losing somebody that close to you you know but uh this the song this moment really reminded him of that and so the judges felt like his performance you know brought out that they could feel his connection to oscar and he did a, a really nice memorial to him honoring him in that dance And uh, they ended up scoring really well. They got eights and nines, two eights and two nines. And then at the end of the uh, show, there were there were kind of like dance relays. It was like Soul Train. They came out one at a time, like one couple at a time. Mm -hmm. And it was like a dance off. It was like a dance off. And so that one was like a quick step. And then the judges at the end awarded bonus points. And so in this case, uh, there were four judges and Cody and Cheryl got two points and then Iman got two points. And then there was the the yellow couple, as I call them. They got because zero of their points. outfit. Yes. Just to be clear. Yes. Oh, my God. That <laughs> sounds terrible. I don't even know who they, they were. They were wearing yellow But they were outfits. wearing yellow. Yes. yes. Oh, God. Ugh, I'm so awful sometimes. <laughs> I meant it in the nicest way. I didn't know their names. So I was being silly. Sure. But they got zero points and I felt really bad for them. But like 
they made a mistake in their little quick step and actually so did so did Cody and Cheryl. Yeah, I saw a little stumble. I was done peeing when that happened <laughs> and I walked in as there was a little stumble on Cody's part. Yeah. Yeah, but but they did they did recover very yes. quickly. Yeah. And I don't think that the yellow couple wearing yellow was uh quite as quick on their recovery. So I, I think that might have contributed to it. But yeah, it was a it was a big week and of course Cody is safe again and so he will be doing next week. There's even more backlash coming up this week. People are like, now people are saying that, oh, the judges are underscoring Cody and Cheryl. And I got to say, this is, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. In the Peloton world. In the Peloton world. Yeah. I don't know that I agree with that. I think there's some people that have weighed in that maybe Cheryl's choreography is not as good as it could be. And I I don't feel like I am an expert enough to, to weigh in on whether or not her choreography is part of the problem. But I see where they're coming from. Yeah. Let's just say that. The choreography is very simple. And it might I don't know if that's by design, but it is what it is. Because it's so simple, it's not showing off all of Cody that it could be. Right. And so I don't think that this week was their best. I feel like last week was better. And so I feel like uh, I don't know that I really agree that they didn't get judged as well. But I do think that it's really important that as you know Peloton fans, we keep going out and voting because the way that it works is there's some of the weighting from the judges, but also some of the, the weight comes from at home getting the votes right. and so we keep coming and showing up and he is going to stay as long as we keep doing that so we got to keep doing that to keep him in and then while we're on cody the la times had a, a nice write-up about cody yeah they did and and it's it's titled how an unusually approachable fitness guru became one of the pandemic's biggest stars and so this is another kind of we love Cody article where they talk about like how his humor and his sayings and his his silliness and approachability on the bike is what got them through the pandemic. I mean, he's he's very relatable to a lot of people and yeah. he brings that energy. And so uh, yet another article. I mean, his publicist is killing it. Yeah, I mean, year. sure, it's it's easier than ever right now, but they're certainly striking while the iron is hot. Yes, they are. Good for them. Absolutely. And good for Cody. So if you like Christmas <laughs> and you like Hallmark Christmas movies and you like Peloton, do we have a treat for you? You need to run, not walk, to Netflix and pull up one royal holiday and you will see instructor bradley rose he is right on the cover of this so if you're look, if you're watching you can see him in the bottom right hand corner that's his little face so is he the royal or the holiday do we know is that a spoiler should i not say i don't know he's got the accent to be a royal gotcha i don't know i'm not sure what sort of accent the holiday has i don't i don't know yeah i don't know but i think it's really cool and i feel bad because i pulled this off of somebody's uh instagram and i don't remember who it was like i feel like i should know that I had heard about this story, but I kept forgetting to take a picture of it. Right. So this person so nicely put the cover of the movie out there, but then they added a bunch of people. So if you recognize yourself as being the person who added it, I'm happy to give you credit. <laughs> we just let me know. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry. Sorry. But uh, was this do you think this has been in the can for like be mm -hmm. before he was a Peloton? Yeah, I instructor? feel like I feel like when he started working at Peloton, there was already talk of him being in Hallmark movies. And right. I, I guess that's why I didn't realize it was coming out this year. Yeah. So I don't know if there's other Hallmark movies that he's been in or if this one was just like already in the can. And then we got to see it. I don't know. Gotcha. But, but there you have it. 
Clip out. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube, it's Angelo from MetPro. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Great to see you. You too. Uh, you know, we uh, have somebody in our community that needs your help. This question comes from Jason Hartzell, and he says he's hit his goal weight through intermittent fasting and exercise. How does he transition to a feeding program that prevents him from putting what he lost back on? And in case you need to know, he intermittent fasted Monday through Friday. He would do one meal a day. And then on Saturday and Sunday, he did normal eating. And he exercises by strength training in the morning, cardio in the evening. He's uh, gone from 290 pounds in December of 220 down to 215 now. 290, you said? Yes. Down to 215. Yes. Attaboy. Yeah. Okay. And, I'm, I'm uh, actually he's... writing notes, Jason, so I can give <laughs> you a thoughtful. This is no, this is good. This is good. <laughs> he's got his uh, height here as six four, and he is forty two. Angelo has pulled out his slide rule. Uh huh. He's going to do some quick calculations for Jason. Forty two. Okay, so Jason, you you were two ninety. You're now two fifteen. Uh, you've been eating one meal a day. I'm going to assume that's evenings, Monday through Friday, and then eating. Did he say three meals a day? Uh, he, just he just said, said he just normal, said normal on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first of all, awesome job. Awesome job. And he's wanting to transition to quote unquote normal. So first of all, you did great because you gave me all, all the stats that are relevant to where I can actually mm-hmm. give you some strategy. Now, because I don't know what you were eating, I'm going to have to make up some pretty make-believe guesses here, but hopefully through these guesses, you'll be able to extract the principles, Jason. So what happened here is we need to evaluate the way you lost the weight was through the mechanic that triggered it. Uh, So you said intermittent fasting. So the mechanic behind that is going to be, and it's important to understand this, is going to be calorie restriction. That's the mechanic behind it. Intermittent fasting, time gating may have contributed a little, but the vast majority of your weight loss is because you radically adjusted your average weekly caloric intake. So we can, we can basically come up with some assumptions. So if on a regular day, Saturday, Sunday, you were eating, I'm going to ballpark it, 3,000 calories a day, that could easily be 500 in either direction. It could be more or less in either direction. I'm just pulling a number out of the hat. You're six foot four. You're training regularly. It could easily be higher than that, but let's just say 3,000. So that would stand a reason if that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If we cut that down to a third, that'd be 1,000 Monday through Friday. Let's round that up, say 1,200. That's pretty low intake. So you see why the, the pounds did come off, especially for guys your size. So if we did some math, 12 times five, <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's going to be, we're going to come up with 6,000, right? Yeah. And then 3,000 times two is going to be 6,000. So you're eating 12,000 calories a week. Now, what's brilliant here, Jason, is you told me that you used intermittent fasting, which is a caloric control methodology. You weren't using ketogenic or you weren't restricting carbs. I think you would have noted that if you were. So we don't have to traverse that. Uh, what that means is we come out to a weekly average of about 1,700 calories a day is about what that's going to average out to. So that's a little too low to dive in and just resume. You'd actually be starving. So what for a guy your size with that activity level. So I would say probably about 2,000. Just tear the Band-Aid off, increase to 2,000. 
If you can, spread it out over five meals a day. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, and two snacks. If that's a little too much food prep, go breakfast, lunch, dinner, and an afternoon snack. Make sure that each day you come out in the ballpark of around 2,000 calories or just extrapolate based on how close I was with those numbers. Was it actually you were at 3,500 calories and 1,500? Were you a little less? Find that approximation. The more meals a day you spread those calories out over, the more opportunity you have to use those calories in the way you want. And here's the bad news. Jason, you're going to gain some weight back. You have to just allow that process to happen. You're not going to gain back to 290. You're not going to get anywhere close to that. Here's the choice you get to make. When you put that weight back on, does it go to body fat or muscle? So if you're not doing anything to put muscle on, you only have one bucket. When you gain weight, you've gained body fat. (laughs) It's the only bucket your body has available. But one of the beauties of strength training and understanding where it fits into a weight loss model is when you get to the point where you are revving your metabolism, putting calories back in, you want to give your body that second bucket. So now when you eat more than your body can burn, it doesn't automatically mean, okay, you've gained body fat. You may be able to catch a large amount of it as lean muscle mass. So I would keep some cardio going. I would slow down the resistance training. It sounds like you're already doing the right things, but I would just spin the dial slightly towards resistance training for the first, call it three, four weeks of this. Get your body used to spreading out your intake. Hopefully you can minimize the weight gain to five, six pounds of muscle, maybe a pound or two of body fat. That would be a great spot. And oh, by the way, that's not a death sentence. That's not, that's it the rest of your life. You're going to increase. If you're at 2000 calories a day, you're going to slowly go up to 21, 22, 2300 gradually over time as your body can utilize it, getting yourself all the way back up to ideally, you know, 3000 plus calories a day if you're that active and you then have the option to do another cutting cycle. Your next cutting cycle, keep all the meal frequency in place and just decrease the calories. You'll still be effective and you can bring yourself down to any weight you want to be and sustain at. With the information that I have at hand, that's about as specific as I can be. Hopefully you can extract a little bit of value from that principle or just hit us up at NetPro and I'll I'll personally talk you through it, Jason, if you ever want. (laughs) And that's really a microcosm of what you've been doing with me. Yeah, that is exactly it. I mean, it's almost identical, except I eat the same stuff every day because I'm weird. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but you don't have to but it, you but take it, away the weirdness yes you're practically tall exactly right. <laughs> you're like the same people <laughs> but i mean and it, and it is effective and it, like it is fascinating like like we were talking about this before we started recording is just that like i've been this weight before but i haven't looked like this before it's very different when you add in the lean muscle very yeah. different so, well, thank you very much for sharing that very detailed information. I feel like you're giving away trade secrets. Like you're going to call us later and be like, don't air that. Give away my trade secrets. What was I thinking? I told them all 11 herbs and spices. I was drunk. Um, but if people would like something like that tailored for themselves, where can they find yes. you? Netpro.co slash TCO. Come check awesome. us out. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you. Peloton in the news. 
So Peloton has a uh, new partnership with Spotify. Well, this is part one. Okay. Yeah, this is part one for the week. So what they did is they have five major stations that people listen to. They're most popular. So one of them is like today's top hits. Right. There's one that's like Indigo Country and then Baila Reggaeton, which I believe means dance reggae. Okay. And then Lo-Fi Beats, which I listen to this one all the time. It is great background music at work. Anyway, next, <laughs> there's one more. Uh, door Knockers, which are classics from trailblazing women in hip hop at any rate. Peloton has teamed up with Spotify so that there's going to be 11 classes set to these five playlists. Oh, okay. So Hannah Frankson is doing the door knockers and Camilla Ramon is doing the reggae, the reggaeton. Nico Serrani is doing lo-fi beats and so is Chelsea Jackson Roberts. And then there is a ride from Indigo with Matt. No, I'm sorry. The ride is with Dennis. The run is with Matt Wilpers. Both of those are Indigo Country. And then today's top hits, there's going to be a yoga with Anna Greenberg, a ride with Leanne Hainsby, a run with Kirsten Ferguson, and strength with Olivia Amato. How cool is that? Absolutely. So that was part one of the Spotify news this week. Goodness. Yeah. And then the other big Spotify announcement... Yeah, this is cool. So so Peloton and Spotify teamed up again. So if you don't know this, there's a workout hub within Spotify. So you can go there and find workout music. Like I okay. go there often for like my outdoor runs, especially before Peloton gave Android, you know, any kind of Peloton capabilities. <laughs> sure. And uh, before I switched to iPhone. But at any rate, they have stuff out there. Well, now there is a whole Peloton list. So there's Robin Arzan's playlist, Ali Love's playlist, Adrian's playlist, Maddie's playlist. You can go out there. And you can actually find the different playlists that like you want to listen to the most. So there's going to be a whole shelf within there, seven playlists from their instructors. And they include Running by Peloton, Tune Day's playlist, Strength by Peloton, and more. I got the impression that there are a ton of these coming. They accidentally posted one that had almost all of the instructors having these playlists. And then like, whoops, they took it all down. Whoopsie. And then they put it back up with this news article. So I think that there's going to be like over time, this is going to grow. But for now, we start off with seven of them and it's going to be very cool. So check it out and see if you can find one that matches your personality with the your favorite instructor. And don't forget, there's my unofficial soft rock playlist that people just positively adore. They do, actually. You have a lot of followers on that for Spotify. For Spotify. There's like 75 people or something that follow that playlist. So, I mean, again, it's Spotify, but, you know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty good for just mentioning it a couple times. Yeah. (laughs) And as if teaming up with Spotify wasn't enough, Peloton is now... On Delta flights, I don't understand. Like, I can barely fit my legs in there, and I'm like five six. But I don't know how they're going to get bikes in there. <laughs> well, you're not going to get bikes in there because it is meditation and stretching. That's oh, all. And that's they're, a little they're like five or ten minute classes, so it's not like somebody's going to be sweating in the seat next to you. Um, if they get that sweaty doing a stretch, then they might want to see a doctor. <laughs> but this was actually announced. It was weird because like. Hannah Corbin was posting about this on Instagram last week. I saw this. Then I totally forgot about it because who flies Delta? I never fly Delta. <laughs> I think it depends on where you live and where you're going. But oh, it totally for does. where we live, it, like Delta's, Delta's like, not, like, it doesn't go anywhere. that doesn't. we Or if it does, there's like nine stops to get there. It's yeah, like taking and we a school have, bus. To be fair, we have a shitty hub. So that's yeah. a major part of it. We used to have a good one, but 
Those days That's are long a gone. long story. Anyway, the point being, I totally forgot about it. And so this week I saw that Peloton actually like put articles out about it, but they talked about this. But then isn't one of the other articles we have in here that like there are people already complaining about it? Not everybody's happy about it. <laughs> Shocking, I know. Uh, yeah. Travelers are outraged, according to The Sun over in the UK. They say that this is not a good idea, that there's not even enough room, like you said, Tom, to sit in a seat, let alone stretch. Like, how are you going to do that? And I do got to kind of wonder how you're going to stretch in a plane. Like, I guess you can, like, roll your ankles. I, I don't know. They said yeah. that because this says that it's it. There's five classes in it. So there's five stretching and meditation classes that have been designed exclusively for Delta and that they range from five minutes to 20 minutes. And then you can do these exercises in your seats. Now, I feel like the real news here is that this is the first time Peloton has allowed their classes outside of their ecosystem. I feel yeah. like that's the real news. But I don't think that like, I mean, unless you're doing these classes back to back over and over again for the whole flight, I just can't imagine that it's going to be that disruptive. But, well, especially meditation. Yeah. Like, you can sit there and think like, right. that's OK. There's almost enough room for that. <laughs> there, there, yeah, almost. It depends on if you've got a jerk who won't let you have the... Uh, the little armrest yeah, or not, you know, the guy in the middle that thinks he gets to take both armrests. I think being in the middle, you get to have both armrests. I, how, I think oh, that that's, I see. Yeah, I think if you're in the middle, I feel like you get that. That's that's part of like it's already crappy. You sit in the middle, so like yeah. But at any rate, I don't feel like there's a 20 minute stretch. I feel like it's probably a five minute stretch. Yeah, and maybe outrage is a bit overused these days. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> But congrats to Peloton. Either way, it's a cool partnership. The Peloton blog had an interesting article about meeting your best friends through Peloton. Yes. And I have to say the real reason I wanted to include this is because it's Mary and Joan. Mary and Joan were featured on it. And like they are such huge parts of the JSS tribe. They have been so nice to me like since day one that I was on the bike. And uh, I've always I've always, you know, gotten hellos from them. We've met them in person. Like it is just so cool to see somebody that you've like known from afar to be featured on the Peloton blog after all this time. So congrats to Mary and Joan who met their best friends on the bike. And finally, for this segment, New York Magazine had an article, The Best Gifts for the Peloton Obsessive in Your Life. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't feel like any of this is really that surprising, but yeah, I guess I it's was, because I ride the bike. I guess, yeah. I was, I mean, I was scrolling Ugh, through do it. Do not put that towel on that bike like that. That drives me nuts. <laughs> that but, rips up my hands. Yeah. But I uh, but yeah, scrolling through, I was like, well, these are all commonly known things, I would think like, yeah. oh, earphones. Well, that's wow. That's a real game changer. Right. But uh, but yeah, but it's out there. If, if you want to check it out and if you can't find it, just subscribe to our newsletter at theclipout.com. Peloton in court. Who's suing Peloton now? Another day, another lawsuit. Uh, Peloton. <laughs> has been hit with a lawsuit this time in Minnesota, or if you prefer, Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, over, uh, I guess, wages and hours. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, you know, all jokes aside, it's a serious topic. Totally, yeah. Peloton is being accused of skimping on wages owed to some in hourly employees. The plaintiff is arguing 
that as a field technician responsible for delivering and setting up indoor cycling bikes, that Peloton failed to pay him overtime premiums for any hours he worked over 40 hours, but less than 48 in a work week, which I'm really confused. Why was there a problem between 40 and 48? And then the fitness giant, as they are called, <laughs> did not pay the plaintiff for work performed during scheduled break periods, resulting in less overtime pay than what they earned from September 2019 through March of 2021. Uh, Peloton paid the plaintiff non-discretionary bonuses. And unfortunately, the complainant is accusing Peloton of failing to include those bonuses in the regular rate of pay when calculating the overtime compensation, which again resulted in an underpayment. Okay. So this uh, this lawsuit is actually seeking to certify a class. So this will become the goal here is to become another class action lawsuit for all Minnesota worker hourly workers who were similarly underpaid during this state or rel- federal liability period. And they are thinking that it will be composed of more than 40 individuals with the exact number to be determined from records maintained by the defendant. Yeah, I wonder if this is a problem that they've had in other states or if there's something unique to Minnesota about it. I feel like my gut says it's something about Minnesota, but I don't know. I know that a lot of different states have different rules. Sure. But when it comes to calculating, it's like it gets really complex when you ha- you're doing business in all these different states. And right. so... My hope is that this was a simple calculation setup thing and it just wasn't done right and yeah. it will be easily resolved. I'm, that's that's my hope. I hope that is all. It's not a good look. For sure. Checking out the competition. Tempo announced this week that they are launching a new device. And it's funny because we, we've dealt for years now with people lifting from peloton products for their own products and now they're doing it before peloton gets their products out (laughs) yeah so so this thing if you if you're not looking at the screen it's like tempo originally had its own screen built in and then it had a cabinet that stored all of its weight so this takes the screen out of the equation and you can um, use your iphone that sits on top of this little cabinet that's about the size of a mini fridge and the weights are then stored in the shelves of the cabinet. So the idea is that you can use your iPhone with the LiDAR sensor to be able to do form correction and form counting the way Tempo does. So it takes all of the technology that's built into Tempo and it kind of brings it down price wise to the all you need is an iPhone in this little cabinet. That means that you can buy all of this the system, this product for $395 and plug it into your phone. Now, here's the thing. You got to have an iPhone. Does it only work with iPhone? Because only I, works with iPhones. I know there are Android phones that have that technology. There are. Yes. And the article at the bottom says, shh, we know. Yeah. We know. <laughs> but yeah, this is only works with iPhones for now. My guess is that will change over time. Sure. But it's kind of a similar thing with like when Peloton first came out, it was only on the iPhone. Like the app was so different on the iPhone app as opposed to the Android app. And I think we have a similar situation here. It's so much easier to do. And I think Tempo was in a very big hurry to get this out because they knew that Peloton was coming out with the guide because the guide, the Peloton guide is basically this. It's a it's a plug in to your phone, excuse me, to your TV that is going to be able to pick up form correction and count the reps and do all those things. And so it's going to be basically the exact same thing. 
I have no idea what price point it's going to be. Gotcha. And I think that what Peloton is coming out with is is going to continue to evolve from what I understand. Right. So it's going to it's going to come out looking very similar to this, but it's going to continue to evolve over time to be a much cooler product than than what this is. It's and just for weights. Presumably, at least for best we can tell thus far, like it will it will be bundled into your monthly payment it won't be an addition that is true payment. it would be bundled into your monthly payment well, this I is don't... 40 bucks on its own is so it? I, b- I believe that's what i saw in the article that is 39.95 that makes sense because you'd have to pay for tempos you know if you if you don't already have the tempo right. software you'd have to buy tempo and then you still have to keep paying for your peloton subscription also big news breaking news breaking news peloton profit drop by and the peloton profit is telling me the peloton guide is coming out very soon, like potentially next week. Like the announcement. The announcement. Yeah. And then they will probably, assuming that the world keeps up with, with all the of the supply chain, chain stuff, that yeah. it will probably start shipping in January. And so, you know, if that's something on your mind and you see this, just wait a week. This doesn't seem like something that's cool enough that's going to get anybody to go, I'm done with Peloton. I'm switching to Oh, for sure not. But I will say this. I will say this. I've been saying this for a long time and I love Peloton. Everybody knows I love Peloton, (laughs) but damn it, they just, strength is just not their strength. This (laughs) this is not where they shine. And so I feel like this is, I'm frustrated because I feel like Tempo beat them to the punch. And I feel sorry for all the people that have been working on the Peloton guide for so long. Right. And and then just to get the, the rug pulled out from underneath them. I mean, it was a win for Tempo. This was this was a win for Tempo. It, it looks good. It's right in time for Christmas. It's and it's the first one to the market. Right. And it's right before Peloton does their earnings call this week. So it hits a lot of boxes. I feel like Tempo actually did some real damage to Peloton with this. I mean, I don't know that they did damage to the bottom line, but maybe no. to egos and morale a little bit. Egos and morale. And I think that because even when Peloton does come out with the guide, it's not going to be overwhelmingly amazing. Yeah, uh, that's their strength stuff just isn't. And what Peloton needs to focus on is programming. And there is none. And they don't they are not showing that they are interested in creating that. I hope that changes. I hope they have stuff in the background. I just don't know about and that it will all be amazing. But right now, I don't care who you are. Tonal is by far the best, period. It's better than Tempo because it's got all the programming. It's got you are you have a personal trainer in that thing, plus all the AI. Like It's hands down. It's not even close. It's pretty fancy. It is. It's amazing. And then while we're talking about competitors, Fitness Plus got a patent, whatever that means. I mean, I know what patents are, but I don't know what it means. So um, this I article know made no sense to me because it's dumb. Uh, <laughs> I uh, John and I were going back and forth on this. And uh, John John says that this was basically a GUI and a GUI change. That's it. They like did a patent to like change the the GUI interface. And that's it. So I feel what like does that means. So, so it was an upgrade to what the system looks like. Gotcha. GUI interface is like what what the screen looks like, like what it's going to look like. And okay. so they filed a change so that it's going to the design is going to feature hit yoga and core and other workouts that are taught by a specific trainer, but that resemble a Peloton class. So in my mind, they're going out of their way to increase the amount of products they have, right? Because they're adding all these, the hit and they're changing up yoga and core, but they're also trying to make it look more similar to Peloton. So, you know, this article, the reason I say it was dumb is because they say this is the reason that Peloton shares were down and I call BS. I'm not buying it. I don't like seeking alpha. Was it a gooey what? 
gooey interface i think that's gooey what it's inter- called okay i thought that <laughs> i thought i because i this is where i was confused like how do they get a patent on that Pornhub already has it <laughs> i should have known i was being set up <laughs> i should have known in case you missed it so Allie Love celebrated five years with Peloton on November 2nd. Yes, it was the uh, 5 a.m. ride. It was a 30-minute ride. So if you didn't get a chance to take it, uh, you still can. And of course, you can always send Allie a belated congrats. And um, Marcel Dinkins had her first country run, <laughs> which you enjoyed immensely. I did. I did. I loved her country run because it was uh, different country music than I typically hear on Peloton rides, runs, classes, whatever. (laughs) And she had some fun factoids about uh, herself that her very first job, she worked in Graceland and uh, she talked about she talked about all kinds of things, like how she learned about Graceland through music. And uh, she (laughs) my favorite thing that she said was she talked about how petty country music is and when i say petty i know that sounds mean and snotty but no she said it with love and admiration in all the best ways you know like carrie underwood before he cheats or right. or like you know uh there was this the song that she had she was playing at the time called i hope and it's like the lyrics to it are something like i hope you meet the woman of your dreams and i hope everything is wonderful and you buy her a ring and you spend every last dime on it and then i hope she cheats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing hearing her talk about that uh, she also featured a couple of country black artists and i don't remember the man's name but mickey guyton who is has been a peloton uh, collaboration music collaboration was uh, talked about as well and i thought that was really neat i think it's blanco something blanco brown that's it blanco brown we met him we did meet him okay i thought we did yeah. um Okay, so so then she played a song that was by him and Parma Lee. So it was uh, Parma Lee is like a band from the 90s. And most people don't know them. I just happen to have a lot of country music knowledge. But <laughs> uh, but they did have a few hits. And uh, so they did a, a song together. And that was the song that she played. So I really enjoyed it. If you haven't gotten a chance to take Marcel Dinkins country run do yourself a favor, go take it absolutely soon. They announced the Jess King Experience Season 3 is upon us. Yeah, so this will be interesting because they are are saying it's going to be a rave around the world. It's five different cities, Ibiza, Berlin, Paris, Brazil, and London. So oh, every other... I in Ibiza. <laughs> every other week, uh, so this will be every other week, not every week, you'll be experiencing a different rave in a different city. And she says that you can always bank on there being bumping house beats featuring DJs and tracks relevant to each city. Now, DJ John Michael is, of course, part of this. He's always been part of this, but he is actually mixing. He's mixing the actual song. So it's okay. going to be fresh. So this will be very cool and it's going to be fun. And just so nobody's concerned, the pill I took was a baby aspirin. Oh, good. I just like how they taste. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in years. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, whenever I was sick, my mom was like, you want a baby aspirin? I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> I did like how they tasted. <laughs> I wasn't joking. <laughs> there are some new pre and post natal workout classes yoga classes yoga classes uh yeah four of them dropped today so that would be november 3rd so you can check them out but there's anna greenberg dropped these and there's going to be like a prenatal focus flow for upper body prenatal focus flow for lower body so and then there's postnatal focus flows as well so that's pretty cool gotcha do your kegels or you get postnatal drip (laughs) 
<laughs> you okay over there? That got me. <laughs> that wasn't even the joke I was going to tell. It just kind of came to me. <laughs> well, I liked it. And Rebecca Kennedy has a challenge for everyone. Yeah. So this month, she had one in October too, but this month is going to be gritty gratitude. So last month in October was the killer core. And now we're moving into gritty, gritty gratitude. So it's going to be lifting weights and adding in cardio. So it's three weeks and it is tough. And she has very specific days you work out and length of workouts. So uh, it's going to be a really great program. Uh, there's going to be five days a week, two days off. Some days we'll have options. Weekends are going to be optional for extra cardio, outdoors, and no equipment required. Best part. And not to be outdone, Ben Aldis also has a challenge for he you. He does. Yeah. So this one, uh, people really enjoyed the October one. So this is going to be the November Cycle and Strength Challenge. It's going to be similar to last week. There's going to be a breakdown of specific workouts. There's four weeks, four sessions a week. But it's the same structure every week. And there's going to be three rest and recovery days per week. Do not do Ben's challenge and Rebecca's challenge at the same time. <laughs> Pick one because you will be doing too much. So uh, and each day is split up. He's got it all nicely laid out for you. And then uh, one of our listeners had a nice post on Instagram about body positivity. Yeah, Alyssa Kolarik. Um, and actually, I don't know if you remember this, but Alyssa, I believe, was the winner of our pink bike last year. Oh, how about that? Yeah. I, I, very, hope, I hope I'm remembering that correctly. But If it is, she's a very, very patient woman. <laughs> yeah, no joke. But at any rate, this is so cool because she posted this on her own page. She was doing a run and uh, she talked about body confidence and how in the past she's she's posted about that and fully embracing having a runner's body so she ran a 306 at boston at the and that was at the end of a 70 mile training week and she talked about how she had had 1500 grams of carbs in three days it's you know blah 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 like a really big week is what i'm trying to say and that she was saying, like, this body is not the fittest, but, you know, this body is recovered and it's it's doing all these things. And she's an amazing person. Right. Well, she posted struggle, this struggle and how, like, even though she's not the fittest, she's also the most impressed. You don't have to have the perfect body to be proud of your body is the whole point of this. And she is sharing that her stomach is not perfectly flat in this picture. And it like took off like people are posting this everywhere. Koala Clip, which is a brand that I follow they posted this which is how I saw it and I reached out to Alyssa and I was asking her about it she said that it's been picked up in so many places it's she's she was really shocked because she almost didn't post this post right and it's just really resonated with people and so I wanted to mention it here because we are all about body positivity and I think that that's amazing that she put herself out there like that. that is not the easiest thing to do Yes, it had a happy ending, but it doesn't always for exactly. people. The internet can be a shitty place. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but yeah. Peloton birthdays. And we only have one birthday this week, and it's country music superstar Chase Tucker. <laughs> was he featured on uh, Marcel Dinkins' ride? He wasn't. Oh, that's he a wasn't. shame. Yeah. Oh, what an oversight. I know. What I an know. oversight. I think we should reach out to Marcel and be like, what up? This is an outrage. Mm -hmm. I haven't been this outraged since somebody stretched next to me on a Delta flight. <laughs> Going full circle. Yes. I love it. Well, happy birthday to Chase Tucker, who's not a country singer. We hope you celebrate it at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> Checking in with the Peloton community. 
So joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube, you have almost undoubtedly read her articles in Shape Magazine because she's been a machine yes. as of lately. All about Peloton. It's Michelle Konstantinovsky. Did I get that right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So right that I wish I had some kind of award for you. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Like, literally. Because everyone's always like, oh, I I think I got it. And then they don't got it. They lose it at, like, the last second. It's a lot of pressure in that last second. You start to second guess in that last second. You know? Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) It's 15 letters for anyone who's counting. So I understand that there's a lot writing on that. But You're you like, it, it's a shame you can't use proper names in Scrabble. Yeah, because, man, you would get You'd the big it. score all the time. Are you not allowed to? Because I totally do. Like, I'm not like an <laughs> avid player, but I like cheat constantly. If that's the case. I, as long as the other players sign I mean, off on yeah, it, it's like the $200 the same rules. pass and go or free It's not money my in problem jail. what they sign off on. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> as long as there's, and this is really just words to live by. As long as there's mutual consent for all parties <laughs> involved, yeah, yeah. then it, you, you, know, you do you. I think that's applicable to most situations. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Including Scrabble. Including Scrabble. Especially Scrabble. <laughs> so tell us, how did you find Scrabble? We're going to be a Scrabble podcast now. I'm honored to be your first yeah. guest. Do you secretly hate words with friends? Are you like, what a cheap bunch of just call it Scrabble. You're welcome for creating a spinoff for you guys, just in case this whole Peloton thing doesn't work out. Just, you're welcome. I would like 5% of the royal gold mine you're sitting on. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm going to reel it back in because okay. if I leave Tom to it, he's never going to. Yes. And I'll just keep going. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's up to you. The whole podcast will be about the monkeys and Mystery Science Theater. And Scrabble. And Scrabble. I can talk like at length on either one of those topics. So for anybody who doesn't know, if they don't even know, they haven't read your articles like you've written so many that have appeared in Shape magazine. So if they've read an article about Peloton and Shape magazine, it is very likely yours. But how did you originally come across Peloton? Oh, man, I will say as of late, it may be mine because I think I've become their go to in the last six months. But prior to that, they had great coverage as well. I just weaseled my way in. And so I think they've they've like given up and, and allowed me to take the reins on that. But how did I first discover Peloton? I've heard you guys in passing mention that commercial that everyone knows about. And as I was saying before, like I'm deep diving on the podcast. So I'm excited to listen to your interview with the actress <laughs> from that. Very excited. I do think that was my first entry into the Peloton universe. And like most people, I was a little put off, uh, confused, not sure what to make of it. This was pre-pandemic. I was going to actual classes in real life, like to a cycling studio. Imagine that. So I just like, I had heard of it, but I didn't know much about it beyond the hoopla of that. And then fast forward, pandemic begins and my sister had gotten a Peloton. She and her family, I think, bought one from someone at their kid's school, was trying to offload one. And I think the first thing she said, she was like, this guy, Cody. Oh my God, this guy, Cody. And she kept talking about this guy, Cody, and on her Peloton. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I still didn't really get it. And then when the pandemic hit, I had moved in unexpectedly with my boyfriend into his one bedroom apartment. We definitely did not have space for any equipment. There was a yoga mat and a kitchen table. And that was about it. And I was going like to the park to work out because I didn't know what else to do. There was a park across the street. So I was kind of just doing like YouTube workouts and whatever I could do. And she tipped me off that Peloton was doing like a three month 
free trial to anyone during the pandemic. I think it extended beyond that. I feel like I didn't get my first bill for like months, um, <laughs> which is great. But I just, I was like, maybe, they, maybe I got away with it. Maybe like forgot about me. But I just started doing like the outdoor runs and like little cardio things here and there. And I was still kind of supplementing the YouTube workouts I'd done. And it kind of started slow and then it just took off and it like exterminated any other workouts I was doing. <laughs> and now I look back and I'm like, why was I even bothering? Like it's the whole universe is, has me covered on all fronts. So yeah. And then, I mean, we can talk about it, but we got, I kind of hacked the system for a while and I had like a fake Peloton and I was just doing the app. I know. That's I okay. It is okay. That. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Thanks. I appreciate that. It really, because that's what I love about Peloton is the flexibility. Yeah. It meets totally. you where you no, are, totally. wherever totally. you are. <laughs> no, totally. And I would say to anyone else like that, I would be so happy for anyone that has like figured out a way to, well, the first hack we had was amazing because I would been doing so many of the other workouts and I just, I had all this FOMO. I was like, I just started to feel like, why did I not be doing the cycling classes? So before we even got like the Schwinn stationary bike, which is great. I will say it is great. My boyfriend, who does not ride a Peloton or any indoor cycling and actually rides bicycles outdoors, which I don't understand, <laughs> he propped his bicycle up on like a trainer, which I only learned what a trainer is because of this, <laughs> just because I like did not know I had to do the Beyonce two for one, Tunde and Alex. Like I just was having such FOMO. That may have been my first class or it may have been Robin's pregnancy announcement. I'm not sure which one it was. Oh, but wow. I literally was up on a little, like not little, it's a huge road bike propped on the wall on a trainer. <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. I can't live like this. So then we got the Schwinn and then Peloton was kind enough to send me a bike plus to review. Ooh. It is a loner. I will probably not be giving it back and I will be spending all my savings on it because I love it. Changed my life. So that's kind of been my journey throughout. Wow, you wow. got you got sucked in slow and now you are all in. It was like low, slow, and then my life just as I knew it <laughs> transformed. <laughs> I can't be the only one. No, no. you're yeah. absolutely not. We've got 225 yeah. other episodes saying you're not. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. I have found my people. Excellent. You have. <laughs> I'm like, if you're the only one, who's been listening to this? <laughs> Dedicated friends and family. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> I assure you. <laughs> but you were working out at the park before and probably before the pandemic, you mentioned that there were classes that you were taking. So right. do you feel like you work out more now that you have the Peloton experience at your home? Do you work out the same less. So I may be an interesting guest for you guys, because I think I have a slightly different nuanced perspective on exercise that I can go into as we talk more. But actually, this is a funny timing because I just wrote an article for Vanity Fair about kind of compulsive exercise. And I don't know if you guys have seen that show Physical. Yes, we just finished um, season one. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. brutal. Very hard to watch. And as someone and I am probably too open of a book about this as someone who has had an eating disorder most of my life. It was extremely painful to watch and just because of how raw and real it was. All that said, I pitched an article to Vanity Fair about kind of my experience with compulsive exercise and how it's kind of, in my opinion, the last sanctioned, like culturally endorsed form of eating disorder behavior that can people like congratulate you if you tell people, oh, I exercised for five hours. No one's going to be like necessarily worried about you. They're right. going to congratulate you. So all of that to say, I, I wrote this piece and in the piece, I was very careful and I worked with my editor to make sure that the headline did not in any way implicate Peloton or any other fitness brand because 
I don't think these brands are to blame in any way for this kind of phenomenon or whatever you want to call it. That said, I've had a very complicated relationship to exercise erring on the side of compulsive behavior. But having discovered Peloton, and I've told the instructors this every time, I kind of always try to work in the body image angle anytime I interview anyone, even if it has nothing to do with the topic. And they've mercifully very kindly have given me very thoughtful answers around it. But I told Robin this, that to me, Peloton is very kind of a pioneer in the way that they are so careful and thoughtful and intentional about sidestepping all of that junk and diet culture talk. And that struck me pretty quickly. And so they don't equate like we're burning this many calories so you can eat a donut, which was rampant in all of the boutique fitness classes I had taken up to this point. And I've taken a lot given my history. So it really stood out to me right away. And I picked up on it right away. And just I don't know if that's central to Peloton's kind of ethics and code, but the instructors themselves have done such a great job about kind of disconnecting movement and physical activity from worth and value as a human. And I just so appreciate that. And so another long answer to your question, I think it's helped me in a lot of ways become more flexible and open to a variety of movement methods and they are just so good even like I took like a 15 minute Cody class and he was like whatever you did it was enough they always say that which I think is it sounds simple but for someone especially with someone like me who has that history hearing that especially from an instructor and a person in that position to hear like whatever you did it's good you're fine you're enough is really powerful so all that to say it's I think it's helped me <laughs> but I just really appreciate what they do in that way Wow. I think that message works on a lot of levels. Like for people who are new to exercise and maybe don't think it's for them, it also sends a message of like, you don't have to do this a certain way for it to count. Just totally be glad you're here doing it. I totally totally agree with that. I do think that Peloton's thoughtful about it. Since the beginning, they have always shied away from saying like, this is a diet thing like this. Mm -hmm. You're doing this to lose weight. They've never said that. They always have said, be the best you be the person that you want to be, whatever that looks like. And they've always celebrated. And I think that's smart. But I also like in fairness, like, I don't know that it's entirely altruistic, right? Like, I mean, if you approach the bike from a point of view of weight loss and a diet, then we know what happens with diets, right? Like you hit the number and then you're done. And then the cycle goes for a lot of people. And so I think also, like, if they want to keep people using this bike long term, they don't want to position it as. Oh, that's true. So I think it kind of checks both boxes. Totally. And I do appreciate like having like deep diving on your podcast. I think you guys do such a great job of presenting fairly your opinions on the brand. It's not necessarily like full on cheerleader (laughs) campaign for Peloton all the time. And. I think you are very thoughtful in your critiques. And I think that one is very relevant and makes a lot of sense to me. But it also, given how much you guys know about the brand, and I know you've been following it for so long. I know you've talked about actually, have you gone to the studios in New York? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And gone to Homecoming. (laughs) That's like, to me, is like, you've been to the Holy Land. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Like the fact that you have been there from those early days and you can say that they've been consistent with that messaging that to me means so much and even if it i'm sure every brand message has multiple factors going into it and maybe they're not all altruistic but at the end of the day i'm kind of like do i care like they're doing great work you know like yeah like i don't even mean it in like a crappy way like i think it works on both levels but like yeah, yeah if this company lands on saying the right thing 
like okay yeah like, totally, like, totally. We'll but the end result is the same yeah, right? yeah. So i'm just grateful and i thank them for putting that message out there outside of me and my experience i just think that we're just not in a culture that can talk that knows how to talk about movement divorced from that diet culture on the whole so i just think they're doing a lot to further that conversation and to open the dialogue and i'm grateful so well, I agree. And I can't wait to read your article about, about oh, that thanks. in Vanity Fair. I'm curious, thanks. especially since you watch the show Physical, because we really like that show. I mean, well, it's... my editor suggested it and I was like very hesitant to watch it because I'd heard. And, yeah. yeah. If you like that show, there's a podcast called Decoder Ring. And oh. it's all about like weird pop culture things that you're just like, why is this a thing? Right. And so yeah. like and they'll be about anything like they did one about truck nuts. Right. But they do one about the Jane Fonda workout and physical to me feels like a very fictionalized version of that mm-hmm. story because Jane Fonda kind of totally. lifted that workout from totally. a boutique fitness place and she was using it to originally to like a political cause that she was invested in. And it just yeah. kind of blew up and she didn't expect it but it's a fascinating it's a two-part episode even if you don't care about that stuff which i don't it was riveting (laughs) so oh i'm so excited and in addition to being a peloton junkie i am a pop culture fanatic oh my god so i will i will eat up that podcast okay yes thank you you for the wreck (laughs) i think you and tom should be friends in real life because (laughs) i mean you mentioned mystery science theater 3000 my sister raised me on it oh my god we have a lot to talk about (laughs) we saw the movie in the theater like yeah, one like, of the four, right? Like yeah. they were like I only mean, I played in theaters for like one week. Okay. Failed so badly. You have Sorry. to tell her what we did. You have to tell her what we did. So when they rebooted it on Netflix, we did the set visit. And so we hung out on set for a day and like like I <laughs> You have pictures with the robot? Oh, my God, oh, yes. Yeah. I have a robot. We have pictures of us on the spaceship. <laughs> with Jonah and Joel. Joel was there. My sister was in love with Joel. She's going to kill me. I actually know Joel. Like I've, I've, He's literally Facebook friends with him on, yeah. in like real life. Yeah. When he comes to town, he gives me free tickets, and he thanked me from the stage a You guys times. are going to regret yeah. making contact with me, because now I just have like, I'm just going to bug you for so many cool introductions to people that's amazing okay i'm gonna want those pictures we have a picture of us on the satellite of love yes with jonah so lucky yeah. oh my god <laughs> so lucky <laughs> well now i'm just jealous but we can continue i guess <laughs> well you live in new york so yeah. you have lots to i live in san francisco oh wait i what? don't <laughs> No, I know. What? I know. I'll do you one better. I don't even live in San Francisco anymore. We have what? moved to the suburbs. I am in a suburban. It's like 20 minutes outside the city. It's not that big of a deal. But no, people assume that because I work in media. But no, I'm on the West Coast and it makes scheduling interviews sometimes very challenging. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So I have definitely never been to the Peloton studios and I have never met any of these people in real life especially pandemic aside, but yeah, no, I'm very far from everything. So, <sighs> okay. Well, yeah, but still yeah. living in California is still pretty awesome. Especially yes. I can't compared really to complain. the St. Louis area. We're in Missouri. I mean, cause so. Missouri is just flyover, you know, we've got the arch. That's it. <laughs> I've heard wonderful things about that arch. So I don't know what you guys, I actually had to write an article once for howstuffworks.com, which I uh, used to write quite a bit for about the arch. I found it fascinating. So <laughs> see, here's what irritates me about the arch. It's, called the gateway to the west right mm-hmm. so the most important thing about our city is how to leave mm-hmm. <laughs> or enter 
Right. Or and no, yeah, no, nobody stays. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't no. work the other yeah, way. Yeah, it like I was really trying. I, yeah. really, I was really trying. That's what we got. To make a That's, case. All right. Thanks for passing but, through, America. I mean, Panera. You know, we yeah. live in oh, St. Louis, which is you're not allowed to talk about this okay. issue because you get too worked up. But Panera, they started here in St. Louis. It used to be called St. Louis Bread Company, and in St. Louis. They're St. Louis Bread Company. Everywhere else, they're Panera. So, see, that's what St. Louis gets. That's yeah. what we get. Do I, do I need to write an expose? It mean, feels like I could blow the lid off of this thing. <laughs> okay. I feel like this is something America deserves to know. Yeah, like, why wasn't St. Louis good enough? Why did... Well, yeah. it's a thing. I'm offended. I'm offended on your behalf. All right. We'll, we'll connect offline to, to come up with She's how like, to, I how smell to a hook. I'm going to pitch the New York times on this horrifying. <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> well i'm sure st louis is lovely but yeah no, i know i'm in the bay area i was born and raised in san francisco very proud but i feel very far from new york i bet yeah, yeah i feel yeah. far from new yeah. york so i can't even imagine but how did you become shapes peloton go-to girl and for everyone out there those are your words i didn't call you that like you i know you said i that. know i know <laughs> i kind of bastardized what my editor used to introduce me to to someone once in an email and i was like oh i guess that's what they're calling me now <laughs> i will say i am a freelancer i am a free agent i am not an employee of shape and i actually have profiled a few of the instructors for other outlets I profiled rebecca kennedy for greatest and kendall my girl kendall my california girl kendall for self so not exclusive to shape, but they have been very good to me and very kind. This came from me being aggressive and relentless, which is kind of how I've gotten anything in my career and good personal life, I would say. Thank you. Some would call it annoying. I choose to frame it in another way. Based um, on it's, results. It's only annoying I mean, if it doesn't work. Right. Thank you. Right? <laughs> I thought of it that way. Yeah. Like if you like keep totally doing it and like you won't, but yeah, it, it, you never get results, then yeah, let yeah, it go. Yeah, you but, might want to yeah. rethink that, but hey, it's working, yeah. so. Yeah, that sounds like a Robin Arzon like masterclass lesson exactly. right there. It's, like, it's only annoying if it doesn't work. I like that. That could be like lesson 12. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. I, so freelancing is not for everyone. I will say that it requires a lot of follow up and kind of abandoning any shame you have or embarrassment <laughs> over following up, following up, following up. So I'm constantly pitching. I mean, I have a wish list of outlets that I love, but I do marketing and things on the side to pay my bills. But I love magazine writing. I've always loved women's magazines in particular. And, and my mission has kind of been to open the dialogue in those outlets through articles like the Vanity Fair one and kind of dismantling what people think of as traditional women's magazines where we talk about boys and diets. That has come a long way. I think and lipstick. Still have idea. Yeah. And lipstick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, didn't mean to narrow it. So much. I'm sorry. We're much more uh, multivested than that. No, but like I've told people I've written for Cosmo and they're kind of like, I get the eye roll, but it's like women's media has come so far yeah, in the past, it's, like three decades. So let's yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, acknowledge that. I used to that. read your glamour. Yeah. When you got. I had an article glamour that got killed, which broke my heart. It's been one of my favorite magazines for ever. But yeah, I mean, I'm just constantly pitching and hoping for the best and mostly getting ignored, but trying. <laughs> and I, as I kind of was getting more and more into Peloton, I love all the instructors. I know you're going to ask me who's my favorite. I'm <laughs> going to tell you, spoiler alert, I will not answer that. I love them all. We're still going to ask reasons. it because we're relentless. <laughs> you have to ask people after my own heart. <laughs> love it. You are my tribe. No, I approve of that. But I just was getting so into it. And I connected to Jess Sims. I just loved her. I loved everything. And I had actually, I'd been doing, I don't know if it's cool to say, I'd been doing the class pass had their own kind of pre-recorded workout things before I dove into Peloton. So I recognized her from there. And I had 
always liked her. She just, I mean, how can you not? She's I know. Just, she's great. She's magical. She's just magic. And I just was like really vibing with all of her classes. Like I even did the Beyonce boot camp. I don't have a treadmill. I just ran outside my <laughs> house like four times in a row. I was like, I don't care. It's great. But I just loved her. And so I actually, I DM'd her and I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Not I'm, but I'm trying. And so I DM'd her and I just said, I just, I'm a journalist. I just love what you do. Would you ever be open to me pitching a profile on you? And this is like 12 steps back in the process of like, not only have I not pitched her yet, but I haven't gotten approval from any <laughs> outlet. There's like, there's no reason for her to acknowledge me at all. But she did. And she wrote me back and she was like, let me just connect you with my team. And so I connected with her team and they connected me to the Peloton PR team who I can't even, I have one girl there, my contact there, who has just been my guardian angel. And they are just such a great team. But I got connected on all fronts and then I pitched it. I pitched it to Shape and I think I didn't hear back right away. And so I was kind of like, all right, it's one, I followed up, didn't hear. And I was like, it's one of those things. And then I got an email on like a Sunday afternoon and we were, I was at the, we were at the gas station, like on our way somewhere, you know, it was Sunday afternoon and I opened my email and I like think I screamed. Like I was so... <laughs> Because those moments. Like, what is happening? Yeah. I was just so excited because I'm like, I have an official sanctioned reason now to talk to one of my favorite people I've never met, which is always exciting. So that kind of started it. It was a Just Sims profile and I got to just talk with her and Sienna Grace and Shiloh were there and it was fantastic. Aww. And again, this is all Zoom. I've never met any of them <laughs> in person, but that kind of started it. And then I think I probably pitched a couple other ones from there. And now they assign me anytime anything comes through their inbox or there's something on their radar, like the apparel launch and things like that. I'll just be like, give it to Michelle. She'll do oh, it. Awesome. She'll, she'll handle it. I've been very, very lucky. It's been great. Perfect. I will say one of the things I really notice about your articles, because doing this, we see a lot of Peloton articles. Yeah, right? that's true. And <laughs> your articles are actually about something. Yes. I know that's a crazy concept, but like so many of them. We're just like, we openly mock them because they're just obviously clickbait. And <laughs> right, right. yours actually are about things. Yes, so, they are. So hat tip. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. I will say, I think I probably exceed the assignment requirements pretty often. I don't think I need to go into as much depth as I do, but especially when it's like a profile on a person, and this isn't just exclusive to Peloton, I feel an obligation and a pressure to at least deliver some snippet of what that person's life is about. It's yeah. like a big, it's a big ask. So I am never comfortable. This is why my Vanity Fair article was 5,000 words when it should have been a thousand. I have trouble being concise. Is that as big of a deal like word count as it used to be now that online. like it's online and it can scroll forever? No, it's great. I can <laughs> almost always, I mean, no editor wants to read a 5,000 word draft, understandably, <laughs> but there is more flexibility versus print. I have written for print and there's a lot. The rules are a little bit more strict. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get to do these interviews with the Peloton instructors, are you like as excited as it seems like you are when you're writing them? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I do not try to hide it. I appreciate that you can feel that in the article. No, I mean, I tell them right off the bat, like when Robin came on my Zoom screen, I was like, I am feel like I am meeting the queen. Like this is, I just want you to know that this is very important to me. And they've all been very kind and sweet and not freaked out visibly, which is nice, at least on the outside. No, I'm stoked. Like I am a professional fangirl and I've called myself that before. Like I have been an enthusiast of things my entire life, like dating back to like my childhood, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like that is someone I've never interviewed. I think my heart would stop. 
but my bedroom was disgusting. It was just Leo's face everywhere. And then I kind of like made myself into like a panic at the disco, like reporter that no one assigned to me. And I followed them on like several tour stops and became kind of like friends with some people in their circle. And I just like, I get very into stuff and I'm just very lucky. I have a profession that actually like pays me to do these things sometimes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I think in any other context, I could be potentially arrested. I'm just really enthusiastic <laughs> about things. <laughs> that reminds me of the uh, Panic at the Disco crossover event there, Tom, whenever yeah. there was the whole kerfluffle at the uh, Peloton studio because they, all of the instructors started playing Panic at the Disco songs and people thought that they were... That there was like payola. Yeah. And that. so it was... It's a big thing. It was a whole thing. Really? Yeah. We have a whole oh, episode gonna, about that. Oh, I have to look that up. It's pretty okay. old, but okay. yeah. It is pretty old. Okay. You have to go back a ways. Oh my <laughs> God. I'm so... That combines so many of my interests. Yeah. All right. I'm definitely going to do a deep dive. <laughs> people were getting the vapors because they were like, we can't believe that they would do a promotion like that. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, uh, grow funny. up. <laughs> but no money was exchanged. But no money was exchanged. No money but, was exchanged. But we were just like, grow up. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh That's kind of like the general just statement of the internet. Just grow up. Yeah. Or yeah. Just like, For real. Just, it's not that serious. I think that could apply to a lot of things. I That's totally hilarious. agree. I need to look that up. And I have to yeah. tell you, I enjoy all of your articles, but I especially enjoyed the article on Selena Samuela. Like, I just. Oh, thank you. Oh, hearing her thank backstory, you. like, all woven together and, like, just thank seeing it all laid out. And she's just an amazing oh my God, person. Thank you. She is such an incredible person. And I mean, it was like, I wouldn't say she exceeded my expectations just because I already had such a high opinion of her. I just, like, I love her classes, I love her energy. But she was someone I reached again. This was a DM. Like I just took a risk and took a chance and, and DM'd her. And she had posted something else that caught my eye. I think it was body image related. And of course, all my like flash bulbs went off. And I was like, well, maybe she would want to talk about that. And in the course of our conversation, she was like, I actually have this other piece of my life story that I've never really talked about. Would you be interested in pitching that? And she was so great about being looped in the Peloton team, the PR team, just to keep everyone on the same page. But she was super like, if it lands with the editors, fine. If it doesn't, I just want to tell it, which I, I just like, I can't express to you how humbled I am that people are willing to share pieces of their lives with me like that. And so Shape did thankfully want that story. And I mean, she blew me away and such a kind, sweet human being who has like so much to give to the world. So and I think people do that because you're creating real content and not just churning through clickbait. Yeah, I, I would agree Thank with you. that. <laughs> it's so tricky, too, as a freelancer, because I have to tell people up front, like, I can control what I can control, but I, I'm not an employee of these right. outlets. And so what they do with the headline, and I know, like, you guys said something about the Robin article that made me laugh because it was like, because I had this <laughs> thought, because it was like, Robin Arzan learns the meaning of boundaries or something. And it was like, the word no, saying no. Like yeah. how to say no. Yeah. yeah, like after motherhood. And it was like, she's been talking about boundaries and all of this since like 1900. Uh, like this has been like, this is not a new development. So I will say there is so much I can control. And then beyond that, like, that's why it was so important to work with Vanity Fair editor, who I was so lucky. I had such a thoughtful, empathetic editor. And I told her specifically, I didn't want the word Peloton in the headline because I didn't want it to look clickbaity. I didn't want it to be like, Peloton and the rise of compulsive exercise. Right. Like, absolutely not. Like, and she was amazing and very accommodating with that. And so I think they changed it to something like on demand classes. Like they made it more just general, which maybe in the end, maybe I would have gotten more clicks if we had included that you word in it. Yeah. Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right. So yeah. like part of me is like, should I really like stop her there? But 
I control as much as I can. And I try to encourage my editors. I can never tell them what to do. Right. I clickbait makes my skin crawl. So I do my best to not participate in that. I will also say as the person who writes the headlines for every episode, there are weeks where I'm just like, I don't know, like, that's good enough. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, I fully understand that. I've I, been an know, editor too. I was, yeah, no, we were t- I forget I what Crystal that. and I were talking about the other day, but I was like, it's like they say on SNL, we don't do the show because it's good or we don't do the show because it's ready. We do the show because it's 1130. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Sometimes it's just happening. Totally relate to that. Yeah. Fully relate to that. Yeah. Sometimes all you can do. I think that's a strategy you have to fall back on. Sometimes. So what's the one that got away? Not necessarily Peloton related, but what's the story you pitched that you just really thought or hoped was going to get picked up and nobody would bite? Oh, there's so many. There's so many that I think my brain has probably blocked most of those memories out just because I think it's like a human response to make you resilient and make you keep going. Because if I dwelled on all the things that never happened, I will say going back to Panic at the Disco, I'm still so salty about this. I pitched a profile. You know, Panic has been around forever. Yeah. And it's the way I got into it. My nephew would tell me my oldest nephew, I have two nephews and a niece. My oldest one, he's graduating high school. But when he was like a freshman, he wanted to go to his first concert and it was Panic at the Disco. And my sister was out of town and she's like, can you take him? And I was like, Panic at the Disco is still around? Like what? And it was kind of, I think it was not this last album that was like the Taylor Swift era and all that. It was the one before that. And I took him and this poor kid like I got obsessed he's probably like my weird aunt like you know, obsessed. I just got obsessed and this was like maybe like five or six years ago at this point but to me it was like Brendan Urie who's the lead singer I'm like he is clearly known but he's not at the level you would think someone with that history in the business with that much talent and I ended up going to see him in Kinky Boots on Broadway and writing about that and I mean, it was like my mind was just blown by the fact that this guy's like hiding in plain sight. Like, I know he has a following. I know he has fans. But like, to me, I was like, this guy needs to be someone needs to like blow his up because he deserves to be more famous than he is, frankly. And I was pitching profiles on him. I pitched one to a a major men's magazine and usually getting ignored by another is just kind of the worst because then I'm just kind of left wondering, like, did they get it? Did they see it? But I got a thoughtful rejection that was like, he's not right for our audience or he's not big enough for our audience or something like that, which I was like, oh, that sucks. About a month later, guess who ran a feature on Brendan no. Urie? Yeah. It was like, I got probably a little too hurt by it, but it was like, I cannot disconnect my emotions from work when I'm that like passionate about something. I can totally plenty of ways, but it was like, this was something I really gave a about and I really want to be the person to tell the story. And with that, I mean, you work in the music industry. I'm sure you know more than I do that there are just so many levels of red tape to go through that. I'm one person trying to like pitch a story as a fangirl. There are so many relationships in place that I can't compete with. So I'm sure they had stuff lined up. I once spent five years begging an agency to sell me a classic rock act that they kept insisting was too small for my room. I was like, just take my money. I'll make it work. And they wouldn't do it and they wouldn't do it and they wouldn't do it. And they finally bring this guy to town on a Tuesday in a casino and he sells it out in four minutes and they add a second show. And I emailed the agent. I was like, huh? (laughs) Almost like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, I was so mad. 
Okay, yeah. that actually, I'm sorry that happened to you, but it does kind of make me feel better yeah. the way that like it this just yeah. happens. Yeah, it's, it's definitely sucks. not just you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. what is your leaderboard name if you're comfortable with sharing? I told you guys in my email, like I am like probably the most anti-social media <laughs> type of user of Peloton. I think I have two followers. Um, oh, it's and about to get a lot bigger. We'll fix that. <laughs> um, I think this is the piece of the Peloton world that I have not like engaged with fully yet. Cause it just still feels like my own little thing. I don't even do live rides. Like everything I'll do rides from like two years ago and just as happy to be there. Anyway, it's Michelle K217, okay. which is extremely uncreative, but that's just kind of my default go-to username for things when I don't have any good ideas. Yeah. 217 is my birthday. I totally, I totally get it. it. Totally get yeah. it. Well, I, I have a feeling you will get some followers now. Yes. So. I'm sorry if I'm boring. I, I don't know how to be exciting. Uh, on, you just on, get on the bike and ride. Like yeah. it's people okay. just like to high five each other. Like especially the, really the only time I ride live anymore is on Sunday mornings with Jen Sherman, just because of the way my Aww. schedule goes. And whenever I hop on, it's like all these people immediately high five me and I high five them because it's it's like you walk into the cheers bar and everybody's like, you're That's here. Awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I never get that as a freelancer who's home alone with my own thoughts all day. I never get that. So that that could be very exciting for me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so do you have any advice for people who are just entering the world of Peloton? Oh, I would say it's funny. I don't read the official Facebook group kind of per your guys' recommendations, but I have kind of like, yeah, I don't do that. But I've dipped into like the Reddit a little bit. And just I'm always just curious what people's conversations are. And I've seen a lot of advice for like newbies. And I think the piece that I resonated with was be very open minded, try everything, try everybody. And just if you don't vibe with an instructor, guess what? There's like 700 others. And even within each instructor, each one has like five personalities. So yes. I would say, just like, you know, like Kendall has like 12 genres that she aces. So <laughs> you can't really go wrong. Just try everything. I would say also, I've heard from a lot of people as I've started to write more content, friends from the past or old contacts being like, oh, this looks great, but I don't have a bike. And I'm like, you absolutely don't need a bike. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, the bike is awesome. And the cycling classes are great. But I did for a year, I just did like the non-bike classes. And I think I got just as much out of the experience. So yeah, try it all. Try the Pilates, try the yoga, try strength, do it all. <laughs> all a good time. Definitely good advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join thank us. Bef you. Before we let you go, where can people find you on social media so they can get these articles shoved in their face as soon <laughs> oh, as they're That's not hot off the presses? They don't have presses anymore, but. The only thing I do better than like demanding an outlet to allow me to write for them is promoting the out of my own stuff. I am just a not like shameless self-promotional human. Good so, for you. You're um, relentless. I've heard. I, that's what they say. Yeah. My mom's going to be so proud. Um, <laughs> she's like, this is how you branded yourself. Michelle K Media, like across the board, like Twitter, Instagram, michellekmedia.com is my website, which desperately needs to be updated. But yeah, Michelle, two L's, K Media, because it's easier than saying my last name. So. <laughs> But, yeah, I, nailed it. but I nailed yeah. it. You did. Now so, let's see if I'll you can remember it. it a week from now, Tom. I, no. or the week. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I'm going to follow up on this. You got it the one time. That's more than most that's, people. Yeah, that's, you're lucky I even got it the one time. I'm, we get a lot of hate mail sometimes. We're like, why can't Tom say anybody's name? Or I'm so insensitive. And I'm like, well, I am a jerk. I did ever take that into the consideration. You're the jerk now for not thinking that I'm a jerk. <laughs> well, thank you so That's much for joining us. This has been thank a lot you. of fun. It has been a lot of fun. So fun. Highlight of my week. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. 
So I guess that brings this episode to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Uh, Next week, we are going to talk to Teresa Diggs, and it will be another enjoyable story. I can't wait to share with you. Awesome. Well, uh, until then, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, the bike, and of course the tread at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, Facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group, sign up for the newsletter at TheClipOut.com, and don't forget our YouTube channel. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, keep pedaling and running. 